For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Slavin's shot doesn't get through traffic. Blocked by Bergeron. And Pasternak away. We'll have that deflected by Slavin. Slavin gives him his shoulder. Marchand puts a shot on rebound. Chance. Rotter with the save on Bergeron. Stall with the clear. Chris Wagner comes away with it. Wagner with a block. Now trying to get a shot. Holds, holds. Rotter with the save. With traffic out in front of Felino. And Rotter hangs on. A big test early again for the Canes netminder. Back to the point. Ajo heads up from Slavin. Right back to Ajo. Hall with a bump for Ajo. But he's able to get the puck to Sveshnikov. Now Jarvis. Loose puck. Settled down by Ale. Wow. Excellent work through traffic. We'll shuttle it over to Slavin. Slavin with room. He shot right out. with host Adam Gold, presented by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. The Canes Corner Podcast is part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. Now, here's your host, Adam Gold. Welcome to the Canes Corner Podcast. I am Adam Gold. It's a much different feeling after that game. I wonder why that is. 
Wait, let me figure it out. Oh, that's right. The Carolina Hurricanes did not wear out a path to the penalty box. It is that simple, isn't it? Don't wear out a path to the penalty box. And your five-on-five game wins. Because that's what Carolina was doing in Boston in games three and four. But it's lost because you spent so much time killing penalties unsuccessfully. It is, it's, not, it's not that complicated. If the Hurricanes can avoid going to the penalty box, they're going to beat the they're going to beat the Bruins. They're better than the Bruins. We saw it during the regular season. We saw it in games one and two, and in game two they went to the box a little bit, but you know they had you know they had a ton of power plays on their own. But games three, five power plays in Boston for the Bruins. They score twice. Game four, nine power plays. They score twice. I mean, it's it's. I hate to make it just that simple. There's a, a couple of things that obviously are different. Last change, the one line going out against perfection, at the very least, it neutralizes them, and that's all you have to do. Play them even. Uh, I think that line, uh, Bergeron, Marshawn, Pasternak, I think they had some chances. They had, they had some great chances. Auntie Ranta was excellent, but... Just a good performance all around. Hurricane stayed out of the penalty box. They only had to kill three penalties in the game. Uh, and one of them came basically when the game was over. Uh, all right, we got a lot of things to do. We're brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. If it's for the exterior of your home, you can find it at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina on Hamlin Road in Durham. No place like it. Go check out Sammy Hanna and his crew for all of your exterior Home improvement needs. All right. Auntie Rata was great. 33 saves in total, I believe. And he was at his best early. And you heard a bunch of those saves in the open. He was absolutely fantastic in the first period. The save on the backhand try by Marshand in the first was just great. Uh he got over in the second period to stop Pasternak on a power play try, one-timer. Uh, that's that's knowing that the shot's coming and just getting there and being square. Uh, just great. He stopped Bergeron on a deflection uh, in the dead slot. He was really good tonight. He was really, really good tonight. So they needed that. They needed Ronta to be solid. Uh, he, he, he flashed a little spectacular, but for the most part... Solid. There weren't a ton of juicy rebounds laying in front. We're really, really good. Uh, and then you get the breakthrough goal from Jacob Slavin. Uh, just a tremendous pass from Tony D'Angelo. A tremendous pass. This is what he does. This is what Tony D does, right? Uh, he get, he he just finds seams, whether it's a shot or it's a pass. And this one was a little backhand flip pass. Slavin, who was on the above the right faceoff circle. I don't think that's by design. That was just, that's just where everybody was. Slavin puts it on net, and you got Andre Svechnikov in front. I have to think that even though Swayman saw the shot the entire way, I just have to think that Svechnikov in front of the net had to bother Swayman at least a little bit. Maybe he was anticipating a deflection, and when that didn't, go, when that, when that didn't happen, he mishandled the puck. 
Because it looked like it just went off his pad and kind of trickled over and then just slowly, slowly, slowly uh, got into the net. I'm not sure, was it uh, Carlo who was back there uh, who was trying to pull the puck out and Swayman just couldn't get to it? Hey, any shot on goal is a good shot on goal if you have traffic in front of the net. That's, I don't, it wasn't a great goal. They'd probably, Boston would probably like that one back. But honestly, Jeremy Swayman was maybe Boston's best player tonight. He was really good uh, because the Hurricanes could have scored a bunch more goals and just didn't. We've heard that tune before, haven't we? Um, but the Slavin goal that makes it one nothing. Then the Carolina Hurricanes get a little power play action going. First power play was better. As as I tweeted out, at a gold fan if you want to follow me during the game. All I asked for Carolina's first power play, don't suck. That's what I asked. I don't think that's too hard. Don't suck. It didn't suck. It wasn't amazing. It didn't generate tons of great chances. I think the best chance really was Tavo Teravainen, who had a wide open look. I don't know why he didn't skate it in closer. He had all sorts of room, and he wound up, took a big slap shot, and I don't think he probably got 75% of it and drilled Swayman right in the B. I mean, it was just awful. Um, But they possessed the puck. So it wasn't awesome, but it didn't suck. They got a couple of chances. That one from Turbo uh, was obviously lackluster, but still. It It wasn't a drain. And then the second power play, that was really good. D'Angelo with the power play goal. I really think, and I I've, I watched it a couple of times, it look, looks like it kind of uh, just takes a slight little detour off of Charlie McAvoy. Uh, but it's the first of two power play goals. Uh, and again, D'Angelo just doing what Tony does, right? Uh, knows how to get pucks through. Uh, and it's 2 nothing Carolina, 2 nothing after one. I thought this was probably Boston's best period. And they trailed 2 nothing. I don't think they were better than Carolina. But they had a bunch of really good chances early that Ante Ranta handled. A bunch of really good chances. Uh, but Carolina comes out of the period with a 2 nothing lead. Looks great. And then they get to the second. And this is Carolina. The second is probably Carolina's best period. They just had so many opportunities to score. Couldn't get one to go. Jarvis, I think, hit the post. Uh, they had Ajo came in on the left side uh, with a chance. Stahl had a chance. I mean, they had so many chances to score. And then the one goal they get in the second period was a goof. I mean, Jarvis is doing work in front of the net and working his rear end off. Uh, I would say, uh, you know, something else, but those got hit uh, by us. Friendly fire slap shot in game four in Boston. So he's just working hard in front of the net. He's on the ice and he's just kind of whacking at the puck. And it caroms off Jake DeBrusque's skate. J- Jacob, Jake DeBrusque's state. Excuse me. Jake DeBrusque's skate. That's easy for you to say. And just kind of floats over Swayman and in. Swayman is flailing at it, waving at it, uh, and it's 3 nothing. So of all the great chances Carolina had in the period, that's the one that goes in. But it's a goal. They deserved a goal in, this, in, the, in the second period. They finally got one. Uh, and then in the third period, 
on the power play, second of the night, right in front, Jarvis uh, Trocek with the tip of the D'Angelo shot. Jarvis located the puck behind Swayman uh, and just slid it into the net. 4 nothing. Vincent Trocek added an empty net goal uh, after Con- Connor Clifton scores the only goal of the night for Boston, uh, and it's a 5-1 final. So, a couple of similarities between Game 1 and Game 5. First similarity, Ante Ranta excellent early. Denying Boston the early lead when Boston was probably better. Again, I think the first period was Boston's best period. Bruce Cassidy liked it until they gave up the two goals. But I thought that uh, Ronta was great early, and just like he was in game one. I think he had 34 saves in game one. He had 33 tonight. They stayed out of the penalty box. In game one, Boston was 0 for 3 on the power play. Boston was 0 for 3 on the power play tonight. They're just, when they can play 5-on-5, five five, it's going to go so much better for the Hurricanes. And it's not like Carolina doesn't have a good power play. They can have a good power play. They have had a good power play. It's just been kind of slow the last, really, month of the season. But it looked much better tonight. So much better. They moved the puck. They possessed the puck. They weren't constantly chasing it back down the other end of the ice. And you got a couple of power play goals. The uh, the Jar- The first Jarvis goal came just after the power play. So you got two power play goals. And a third one that came just after the power play, which effectively is not a power play goal, but it should make your power play feel good because, I mean, it did all the work. So, you know, while it's the closest thing you're going to get to a power play goal, effectively Carolina was three out of five with a man advantage today. And that's, I mean, they needed that. They needed that for their own confidence. Now maybe they could go up to Boston and get a power play goal, maybe two power play goals up there. See if you can't stay out of the box and win a game at five on five. We were good. we we got to have a game where both teams stay out of the box, like we had in game one. Uh, this one, Boston committed a few early power plays, a uh, few early penalties, and it hurt them. Uh, the uh, the Forbert penalty, which I believe led to the D'Angelo goal, was a questionable call. But you know what? The Hurricanes will take him, man. The Hurricanes will take him. It looked to me like Domi and Forbert probably should have both gone. They only called one. Uh, But remember, Forbert held Svechnikov early in the second period in Boston in game four, and Svechnikov got the retaliation penalty. They should have called both there. They didn't. So the Hurricanes got the benefit of the doubt tonight, got a little bit of a break, and that's okay. That's okay. See, See, when I point these things out, because I'm not a cheerleader, when I point these things out, I have credibility. Because while I'm rooting for the Hurricanes, and I want them to win, I am not, I am not the homer that some people demand, and that's okay. You, you have every right to demand a homer. You do. But you're not, I'm not going to be that guy. That's all. I'm going to be honest about it. Um, and I've liked Carolina's game for the most part, all five games. I asked Rod Brindamore today. I mean, essentially, what did you like about games three and four? And he said, I thought we were good. If we could stay out of the penalty box, I think we were good. And the truth is, they were better than Boston at five on five. 
Game three was probably Carolina's worst game of in that regard. One one nothing, then the shorthanded goal just flipped it. Boston was better from that point on. But in game four, keep in mind, not to not to uh, replay game four again. Keep in mind this. The Hurricanes were ahead 2-1. Latter five minutes of the second period. Brady Shea, ill-advised pinch down the right wall. Puck gets behind him. Nino Niederreiter ultimately takes a tripping penalty to, to nullify a scoring chance for Craig Smith. And on that power play, Jake DeBrusque's controversial goal was scored. It's 2-1 until the bad pinch. Nito has to take the penalty. Carolina was just the better team. The challenge, the Ajo high stick, minute 23 of 5-on-3, the Marchand goal to start the third period. It got away. But at 5-on-5, Carolina was better. And they were in position to take a lead into the third period until the penalty parade began. And if the Hurricanes can avoid the penalty parade in Boston on Thursday, they'll win this series in six games and come home. And come home. That'll be awesome. That will be awesome to see. Um, So that was the similarities between games one and game five. Only three penalties to kill. Um. Auntie Ranta spectacular early, and ultimately Carolina's speed is the number one factor in this series when the game is played at a normal rate. All right, I was going to tell you about a couple of players that caught my eye tonight, but I would rather ask Eric Cole about that. So, uh, Cole, in a moment. So, I saw on TV Eric Cole wearing a Rollywood hat. Looks great. Beard is uh, playoff ready. You were there. Isn't it amazing what happens when the Hurricanes don't spend the entire night in the penalty box? Yeah, discipline's uh, a pretty impressive uh, weapon for you, uh, especially in the playoffs. I mean, the, the thing is, when you went back and looked at, really, game four more so than game three. I mean, they were in the, I think they committed five penalties in game game three, and that game really turned on the shorthanded goal. Uh, but they were just in the box so much, and in a row, end of the second period, beginning of the third, they just couldn't recover from that. Uh, but at even strength, they were every bit as good, probably better than Boston, I thought. Yeah, I think they've been, I mean, they've been better than Boston at even strength throughout the, the whole playoffs. Like, the, literally, the defining factor for me is it, it's not necessarily always whether or not the team scores on the power play. It's the momentum shift that takes place. And it's it, it's the, the fields on the bench. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, on top of that, it's like who's getting on the ice? Who's in the rhythm? Who's who, you know who's who's playing the minutes? But it, it's not easy to sit on the bench for extended periods of time and then just jump out there and you know 
playoff hockey when, you know, maybe the other team's guys have been, you know, in a little bit more of a rhythm and they've been on the ice. And so there's lots of little things that go into it. Um, but certainly, you know, the killer for the, for the hurricanes on the road was, you know, the penalties. It just, um, it's just, it's, it's hard to continue to, to gain that, you know, the, the rhythm where you're rolling four lines, yeah. everybody's, you know, on the bench, on the ice and back off and you're just rolling and that, and the hurricanes are built that way. Like they're like, Roddy doesn't have a real big problem with kind of rolling through and getting everybody, you know, a good amount of minutes. And then when, you know, the special team occurs, you know, like obviously certain guys are out there and certain guys aren't, but you don't want your, your top guys having to kill, you know, yeah. six, seven, eight, eight penalties a night. Like it's, it, it's not, you know, it's not beneficial to their five on five minutes. Yeah. And you know, it's, I talked to Rod today before the game and he's like, I liked our game. I thought we were good in Boston until the penalties happened. And Boston's power play is elite because of the, really the three players that are on it. And uh, it's also kind of a cerebral power play, I think. Uh, They don't, Carolina's pressure sometimes doesn't work against that because they can move the puck so quickly and so smartly. Uh, But when when they're only getting three, when they're only getting three cracks at it, uh, it's uh, it certainly minimizes the damage. This, there was a lot of similarities between Game One and Game Five tonight. Uh, just three power plays in both. Ante Ranta was excellent in the first part of the game. He was good throughout, uh, but really the first maybe seven or eight minutes, uh, he may have had to make three or four really, really good saves. What did you see from thirty-two tonight? Well, I think he felt more comfortable as he did, you know, in Game One, where. You know, he was really under siege early on in the in the game. And I, th- I think that, you know, maybe coming back after, you know, having to leave leave the game, then, you know, doesn't make the start, comes back, gets kind of shell-shocked a bit in Boston. And gets to come back home to the friendly confines of BNC Arena and – you know, I think he settled right in. I thought he looked he looked very confident, very square. There there was a um, a play in particular in the early early going of the second period, a one timer uh, to his right. Pasta or not? Uh, it, it, I believe so. I believe yeah. it was pasta and it, it might even have been on the power play, it was. but his his push over there to get and eat that up with no rebound for me like that was okay you know <laughs> this guy's dialed in tonight like he's seeing the puck well he's moving well feels good about it and there and there really wasn't you know there, there wasn't much there wasn't much tonight where you were like man like the hurricanes are just you know, they're getting rattled around in their own zone. They just, they played a sound, great game, you know, at home. They just, what they need to do is figure out how to play, you know, this sound, 
effective game on the road. You yep. got to be able to win a game on the road in the playoffs. Yep. I mean, they. I mean, technically, they don't have to. They could win Game Seven at home. But I agree with you uh, that the way they played tonight, which didn't have a lot of didn't have a lot of flash to it, it was just very, uh, very workmanlike. Very oh, incredibly effective. Uh, just take that yeah. that same game up to Boston, uh, and I, like I thought Boston's best period was the first period, even though I think Carolina was the better team. I think that was where Boston was at their best. And they're down two nothing because of the power play goal, uh, and Ronta being good. And then in the second period, Carolina does all that great work. They can't score a normal goal. They get Jarvis thrown it off of DeBrusque's skate, <laughs> and it just kind of yeah. floats in. I mean, that was the goal. Are you kidding? Yeah. They, they had probably yeah, why wouldn't why why wouldn't you jump up off the ice and celebrate that like you you meant to do it? <laughs> I mean, un- unbelievable. <laughs> do you remember the old commercial? Where uh, Jordan and Larry Bird are playing horse, and like off the stone, oh, yeah. off the stone guy. That's what I was thinking. Off the stone guy, nothing but net. See, yeah. I'm way, I'm much older than you, but I'm glad you remember that uh, that commercial as well. You were probably four uh, when you were watching that. Commercial. I had I had real I had really old, older siblings that made me watch like more, you know, not necessarily age appropriate shows. For I understand. Me, so. That, that's probably why and they were like 10 years older than me so that's probably about where you're at so let thank you let me uh let, let, <laughs> let, let, oh gosh i mean i mean i haven't done the math i haven't done the math i'm not i'm not ready for math in my condition um let me ask you about no, a couple of play, couple of players beginning of the season yeah. and i've never forgotten this beginning of the season you talked about how and this is not disparaging against anybody else about how you thought that Tony D'Angelo was ultimately going to be better for this team because you thought he was underrated defensively, you loved the way he competed, and all of those things, not to mention the offensive ability, all of those things I thought showed up tonight. Uh, He kept it under control. I didn't think he was out of control in, in game four. He committed the one silly cross-checking penalty, and then he threw a stick, which I found funny. Uh, whatever. Um, but I thought he was dynamite tonight, especially early when they needed him to be dynamite. I, I just loved everything about D'Angelo tonight. So here's here's what's great about this player. He's, he's still a young player in this league. Yeah. Like, he's still figuring it out, right? Like, cause, cause you do see, you, you see the, you see the cross check or you see the, um, you know, the throw in the stick, which, you know, obviously, you know, at that point in the game, you're like, well, I might as well, like just try and see if I can, you know, knock that puck, you know, away from the net by throwing my stick, which completely is not legal, but like, you know, just the fact that, he he just he 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 cares a ton and he plays with a lot of emotion and so for me I like that I I want I want players that are are riding you know what they're feeling and they're they're putting it out there on the ice and I think you know when I. I obviously understand what you're referencing when I said that this player was going to be a better 
a better piece to the puzzle for the Hurricanes in, you know, our conversations about my comparisons with him and Dougie. Like, so for me, I always think back to that Washington series when, you know, Dougie and Obi are going in for a a 50-50 puck. And realistically, Dougie could have gotten there first, you know, made the play on the puck, probably gotten hit pretty hard. And that would have been the end of it. Hurricanes probably would have broken the puck up, you know, the strong side. Right. And instead, he he backs off of it, scared to go in there first, or timid to go in there first. And Ovi goes in there, grabs the puck, centers it, it's in the back of the net, and the game over. Like, for me, those are things that, you know, as a, as a player, and, you know, if, if, if I were a, a teammate, I'd be like, really? Like, you know, those are glaring things for, right. for me personally, because, you know, I want, you know, I want the guy next to me that wants to go to battle and wants to jump into, you know, the scrum on the ice and he'll go in there when, you know, somebody's, you know, somebody's got a, you know, when, when Donald Brashear is trying to get me to fight him, you know, you, you got the Danny Markoff that's coming in and, and jumping on that guy's back. Like, you know, you want those guys on your team. Right. And you want those guys that just, you know, they, they, they care, they play with big emotion, and they compete, uh, you know, as, as hard as they possibly can. And uh, I'm just, I'm, you know, for me, I think he's been a wonderful addition this year. Yeah. And I think that uh, not only, you know, with what he's, you know, you know, brought to the uh, to the team on the ice, I think he's, I think he's been a good addition to the locker room and yeah. just the, the the chemistry part of it. And I think he's 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 fit in quite well here. And I, I, I couldn't be happier for the kid. And like I said, you know, he's he's still figuring things out. Like, he's only going to get, like, better. You know, like, there's there's still going to be some, some tweaks to his game that he can improve on and have a better understanding of as he continues to mature. I think that that's just wonderful for the, the Hurricanes organization. Yeah, they just have to figure out uh, a good number uh, to keep Tony D'Angelo around. He's a restricted free agent. Uh, he does have arbitration rights, but uh, we don't. you and I don't have to talk about that right now. Let me ask you about Seth Jarvis, uh, who's turned 20 years old in February, is unafraid at the front of the net. And, I mean, he might be the most natural goal scorer on the team, to be honest. Um, but he scores two big goals tonight. He's throwing his body around. I think he had three or four hits. I think he had four hits in the game. Uh, by the way, I appreciate Sebastian Ajo throwing his body around. Uh, I liked his yeah. I liked his game tonight too. I did. Um, but Jarvis has a knack. I mean, front of just the the stupid goal that we talked about, but also the other, the power play goal, where he's uh, he's right there in front and he gets behind Jeremy Swayman and he slides the puck in after a trocheck tip. The kid's been the kid after that like eighteen game stretch where he did nothing offensively anyway. He's oh, been that's... he's been amazing. Yeah, so those, those like he went through the dog days, 
right? Like, right. and didn't didn't he come? Wasn't that on the heels of coming out of like COVID protocol or something? Uh, I mean, the the COVID was earlier, but uh, he just you know you he, you're 20 years old. You're going to have a stretch where you're not you're not on top. Well, of it you're not. You, yeah, yeah. You well, you you're not used to you know playing an 82 game schedule in the right. NHL. Is the <laughs> bottom line. And no, I I love I love his his net front presence. Like so, I don't I don't know what his you know his parents like stature is or like you know how much more like growth this kid has. Um, because in terms of like net front presence and you know going to the hard areas to score goals, he's got all the right instincts right yeah. and he's having success you know in a smaller frame at an early age because he's he's got he's got the hands he's got the skill he's got the touch but he's also got you know that just the instincts to to spin off a defender and turn and just find that puck and um and the willingness is probably the most important thing right like He's willing to go to the hard areas and pay the price to score goals at the top of the crease. And that's wonderful for a player who can also score goals from outside the tops of the circles. Yeah. Right? Like he's he's a he's had a wonderful year. Um I I hope like, you know, for me I think about like, you know, I had I had a pretty good rookie year. And then I had, like, a really good, you know, stretch during the playoff run where I was, you know, playing really, really well. And I just hope that this kid is able to go on a long, long playoff run and just continue to add to the confidence that he's already built, you know, in himself and, you know, in, you know, to the organization um, through this rookie season, because I think he's just going to get better and better. Hey, you scored goals in your first two playoff games, did you not? I don't know if it was first two. I I, I don't know. Like all I all I know is I was playing against Scott Stevens. I was just worried about getting my head taken off. Like let's face it. Like I was. <sighs> I mean, I was yeah. in the bathroom throwing up before before the game for game one, like dry heaving, like. Oh my god! I can't like. And he just knocked out two guys the year before. I was he like, did. "Yeah, it's gonna this gonna be a tough matchup for me." But like, you know, sometimes that fear is what you know makes a big difference with you. It could be. I didn't know you were throwing up before the game. Um, yeah, you oh, yeah. you scored you scored bad. you scored goals in your first two games against the Devils in uh, in the 2002 playoffs. That's what Hockey Reference tells me. Uh, you you don't think I remembered that, do you? No, I'm just super impressed that you were so quick to get on your information machine uh, as we were on this phone call. Yes, and you you referenced it. That's I, super impressive. You you know if you know anything about me, and you know enough about me, I am here to sing the to the virtues of Eric Cole, the player. <laughs> you don't understand. Um, I was. She, I mean, well, for 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 years you called me the mayor. So now, like, we have we shifted that political goal. You could be the governor. 
we're we're going to need it. We're going to need a new governor. So you could be. Oh uh, goodness. <laughs> we've already we've we've already got a wonderful, fantastic, <laughs> huge Hurricanes fan in the office right now. I we, think we're good. We do. We do. Um, all right, let me uh, let me ask you about one more player, and then I'll uh, I'll let you go. I appreciate your time. Um, I thought this was at least in the first period and a half, maybe. It's the first time I saw Max Domi kind of impact the game in a good way. It just he he felt kind of invisible to me through four games. I thought this was a good Max yeah. Max Domi night. He he had glimpses. Um... But there's 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 still a little bit more in there. There there was a couple of plays tonight where, you know, I'm watching the game and I'm like, oh, just like for instance, the the turnover that happens at the blue line, and he goes racing after the puck, gets it, and I'm pretty sure that was a forward that had been handling the puck like out at the blue line. So like that guy is not a good defender, and he turns up inside inside the, you know, inside the blue line around the tops of the circles. Like, like he's a fast player. Right. Like, just skate. Like, let, let's play a little bit more north-south. I think that he he's still got more to give to this team, I think. And, and some of that could be with the role and the minutes. And, you know, I, I, I know as a former player, it's not easy in certain roles that you're filling. Um to be able to just, you know, jump out on the ice and turn it on and turn it off like a switch. In fact, I've got a lot of respect for the guys that can do that because it's not an easy job. But I I, I still feel like he's got another gear yeah. that he can contribute and, you know, put put kind of his mark on, on being a, a, a real positive player, you know, for this team, you know, throughout this playoff run. And I, I just, I, I hope he finds it. I hope he gets there. And I hope he recognizes that, that he's capable of it. That's the most important thing. I think that it's that player having the confidence in himself and the belief that, hey, like I can, you know, I can determine the outcome of this game. Like Corey Stillman used to sit on the bench and he'd grab Eric Stoll and I like, you know, by the leg, he'd be sitting in between us. And he's like, Hey, Hey, like, let's go. Let's be the difference tonight. Like, let's, let's be the guys that, that decide, you know, who, who wins this game and who doesn't. And it's just, it's that little bit of belief in yourself and the confidence, you know, from, from somebody else or, that the confidence that you you have it in you, you know, to to be that influence, and I, I think it I think it's in there. I think it's within him. I think he just needs to dig in and find it. By the way, I was just looking at more uh, Eric Cole uh, nuggets. Oh goodness! <laughs> uh, four goals in the second round series against Montreal including the first two in game six at the Bell Center. Oh, I'm sorry, Molson Center. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah, you you scored four times on my wife's boyfriend. 
25 seconds and 333 in. Uh, heck, even yeah, Kevin Adams about, scored yeah. in that game. My gosh. Yeah, I even, like, I, I almost had a chance for a hat trick in the late in the first period. And I think JoJo scored on the rebound from my attempt after I came out of the penalty box. But, um, yeah, that was, uh, for me, the, the big moment in that game was uh, I can remember when Doug Gilmore slammed the glass and shattered it, closing the closing the penalty box door, upset about a, a penalty call. And we had this huge, long delay, and it got to the point where guys were getting off the bench and going for a little skate, you know, coasting around or whatever. And I just sat on the bench. Paul Maurice kind of looked down at me, and he was like, you okay? Like, you get And I'm like, man, I'm great. <laughs> like I, I, I feel wonderful. I was like, I don't, I don't, I don't need to get out there and skate around. I'm flying tonight. <laughs> My wife has four Theodore sweaters hanging in uh, our like spare room closet. Well, if you, you you tell me which ones those are, and I can make sure I can remind her which uh, exactly how I scored on him in each one of those sweaters. We have we have a Montreal, we have a Colorado. We have a Washington and a Florida. Yep, piece of cake. I got all those labels. <laughs> all right, man. I thank you. Uh, I'll talk to you. I'll talk to you soon. All right, buddy. All right. Before we hear from the head coach, and it's always cool to catch up with Eric Cole. Before we hear from the head coach, so there's been this narrative going around that Bruce Cassidy has been coaching the pants off of Rod Brindamore. This is typical Boston. It's not just Boston. It's anybody. It's Toronto. It's Detroit. Remember in Detroit when we're, uh, we uh, did a hookup with, what's his name? I don't know. Who cares? It's just typical of, you know, hockey. We invented hockey media how the, the the Bruins once again were Bruce Cassidy was having his way with Rod Brindamore. The 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 adjustments that, that Cassidy made. Well, we'll get to the adjustments in a second. But I thought Rod was brilliant today in his subtle changes. First of all, instructing his team to not commit penalties. Brilliant move. Holy cow was that smart. Let's do the no penalties thing. Also, sticking with Ronta. Auntie Ronta, definitely the first goal, maybe the second goal too, the DeBrus goal, that Ronta would like back. 
but definitely the first one. And Rod could have gone back to Peter Kachetkov, but he decided to stick with Ronta. Look, Ronta was great in game one. Got hurt early in game two after being really good at the start of game two. Kachetkov played the balance of game two, played great, played game three, was very good except for the Pasternak goal. Ronta goes back in game four, wasn't as good. They could have gone back to Kachetkov. But Brendan Moore had faith that the guy who had been their backup and had had a very good year, part of a Jennings Trophy tandem, he had faith that Ronta would play well, and he got rewarded for that faith. Brilliant. Brilliant. No line juggling. Didn't have to. Brilliant. The one line. He got a chance to match the one line versus perfection. He got Bruce Cassidy to kind of split those uh, three up in the, in the third period. I, you know, they're going to go back to Boston. He's going to put Pasternak back with Marshawn and Bergeron, and that's going to be a problem for Carolina. But hopefully at five-on-five, five, they'll be able to mitigate it and stay out of the box. Run the no penalties defense again. The other thing he did, he actually did this in game four, was that he put Seth Jarvis on power play one. Andrei Svechnikov was dropped to the second unit. Now, the second unit, for the most part, had been better than the first unit, but Jarvis uh, has done a very good job. I like Jarvis uh, around the goal, sort of like where Trocek is. So, uh, also gives Carolina more uh, right-left balance. Uh, get, gets a third right-handed shot out there, which is okay for, by me, uh, but... Yeah, they, the, the whole narrative that Bruce Cassidy had been coaching Rod's pants off is just, it's, it's comedy, absolute comedy. Because the adjustments that they were crediting Bruce Cassidy for were he switched goalies before game three to Jeremy Swayman. Like, Omark wasn't great in game one. You could have gone to Swayman in game two. But... Cassidy was like, well, it's not Olmark's fault. I agree, it wasn't Olmark's fault, but he wasn't great. So maybe you go to Swayman. So he didn't want to do that. And then, you, I mean, you're really going to give him credit for putting Pasternak back with Bergeron, uh, Bergeron and Marsha? Really? You're going to give him credit for that? It's like the best line in the last 10 years of, of NHL hockey. Why do we give credit for doing putting that group out there together? And then, yeah, get Carolina to go to the penalty box a million times. That's brilliant. Or no, I'm sorry. Also, Chris Wagner drew back in. What? I don't know. I don't know. We we look, we try to invent things that don't really matter. And by the way, I happen to think Cassidy is a great coach. Like, I think he's one of the five best coaches in the NHL. I do. I'm not sure Mike Sullivan of Pittsburgh isn't the best coach in the NHL. But Sullivan, Cassidy, Jared Bednar, Daryl Sutter, Rod Brindamore. I think right there, those are my five coaches in the NHL. Five best coaches in the NHL right there. Like, I don't know who, I don't care who wins coach of the year or what. It doesn't matter. To me, those are the five best coaches in the league. If you want to, you know, play the no adjustment game, okay, fine. It's whatever. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> Just making stuff up. Uh, the Hurricanes winning game five now gives them an 80.7% chance of winning the series. Historically speaking, 
I don't think they have an 80.7% chance of winning the series. But uh, teams that win game five at home to go up 3-2 have, in the past, historically, converted in the series 80.7%. Also, it is actually a little bit over 500 to win game six on the road, which I actually think the Hurricanes will do. I think they will win game six on the road. All right, let's get the thoughts of the head coach, Rod Brindamore, before we get out of here. Oh, it's, I mean, it's all about the result, and obviously a good result. So everyone, they always play hard. So it was uh, nice to see us get some some breaks, like the puck going in the net when we had our opportunities. And, um, you know, it's a good win. Ronta kind of carries you. They had a couple of really good chances in the first few minutes. He gets you through that. You get the goal. It seemed like and when the, once that happened, everyone kind of seemed to relax a little bit. Yeah, uh, he, he, I mean, that's what goaltending does. I mean, we have to get those saves because, I mean, you, you're not going to not get chances. That, that team is going to generate opportunities, and they certainly did. And, you know, he was good. And I thought, like you said, then we had a real good, solid two periods kind of get put us, a, you know, in a comfortable spot. Roddy, maybe you guys beat them in every facet of the game tonight. I'll let you be the judge of that. But how important was it for you guys to be the more disciplined team? Well, we seem to – it's weird, I think playoffs you know traditionally you always think of it being you know power play subs not as important and especially because it's you know one or two a game but now we've seen that they're you know who knows how many you, you could get so it's so important when we we've talked to beat this to death about this thing so um it was nice that you know we only had to kill a couple or actually ended up being probably was it three maybe four three <laughs> three still three too many but um you know, it was nice the power play got going a little bit, and so that was a big part of the game. Tony sort of let his game do the talking tonight. Just yeah, very smooth for sure. I mean, he's an elite passer, and he's got a good shot. I mean, we know the offensive stuff, and he's, he's sneaky good defensively too, you know, so you're right. Yeah, his partner also, that was kind of a Jacob Slavin master class in terms of some of the little plays with the stick and the little clears and things like that. Great observation, but that's I guess I just take that for granted now at this point and I shouldn't but I do Seth would have had a pretty good uh, excuse not to want to get in front of the net in front of shots tonight. I think Uh, Just the maturity of a a kid who's that young and maybe like we talked about maybe they don't know better um, Just the way he plays and uh, well you love seeing that obviously For anyone on your team, but the young kid that comes in and then just earn his way in the league and then earning his way up the, the chart, you know, in, in every aspect of the game. And um, so, you know, I can't say enough good things about him. I think I think he's going to keep getting better because there's a lot still to learn. He's just he's a young kid. We, we hit all the high notes there, didn't we? Uh, penalty kill was great. 0 for 3. Didn't have to be out there all that much. Seth Jarvis in front of the net. Dynamite uh, shouts to Corey Lavalette for uh, for – running rod into the yeah the kid uh kid did take one uh right on the jarvis but also the tony d'angelo stuff and then the uh jacob slavin who was great tonight jacob but and i appreciate rod saying he's just taking it for granted these days because he does it every night he does it every night phenomenal player we all know that uh so set jarvis two goals tony d'angelo goal and two assists vincent trocek uh, goal was the empty netter, two assists. 
Uh, Teva Teravainen had three assists tonight. Sebastian Ajo had three assists tonight. Uh, Antti Ranta, 33 saves. The most important numbers for the night, the Hurricanes have a 3-2 lead in the series Thursday night in Boston. We'll do it all again. We're brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. If it's for the exterior of your home, you can find it at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina on Hamlin Road in Durham. It's actually not that far from where I am doing this podcast right now. I'm about 20 minutes from that part of Durham. I can see it over the horizon. I can't, actually. Uh, I can't see Russia from my back porch either. Uh, anyway, aluminumcompany.com. Go check it out online. They do a great job. Follow the Canes Corner Podcast wherever you get your podcast. And uh, we're here after every Hurricanes game. And if you follow it, it shows up automatically in your phone. And you don't have to do anything. It just shows up. It's just, Wow, it's there. What does Adam have to say? And what does Eric Cole have to say? So uh, we thank Eric Cole for stopping by. I thank you for stopping by. We'll talk to you after the Canes. Wrap it up on Thursday. What do you think? What do you like? Good. Bye. This has been the Canes Corner Podcast with Adam Gold, presented by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. You can listen to this podcast at WRALsportsband.com or wherever you get your podcasts. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.